welcome to the, what is it, the fifth? I think it's the fifth episode of Bluish. Congrats, you're getting an early episode because I have to do a podcast for school and I figured why not just add on to the podcast that I already have. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not really feeling it this week, um, but again, I'm required to do this, so you know, I think it's important to be honest about our mental health and just about how we're doing, so I just wanted to give that um, little disclaimer and also let you know that like this might not be as um, free-flowing as a normal episode for me would be, and it might also not be as long because I'm just trying to like hit, you know, requirements, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I do still hope that you enjoy this episode, and I hope that it encourages you to read the book that I'm about to review. So, um, today's episode is going to be a little book review and conversation, well, a very one-sided conversation, about the book If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin. Um, so just a little summary of the book, so... Um, It tells a story of two characters, Tish and Fawny, and they're a young black couple who have been separated by the lovely criminal justice system. Um, Basically, Fawny was wrongfully accused of raping a Puerto Rican woman right around the time that Tish found out that she was pregnant with their child. Um, So Beale Street pretty much deals with, like, the back-and-forth nature of Tish and Fawny and Fonny's families working to get Fonny out of jail in time for the birth of his child, but, you know, they're also, like, simultaneously figuring out what it means to love one another, especially to love Fonny, um, in the midst of such chaos. Um, so that, that was a relatively spoiler-free review. I mean, it's, like, literally revealed in, like, the first, like, page or two that Tish is pregnant, um, and I didn't even tell you Tish and Fonny's real names, so you're welcome. Um... For those of you who don't know who James Baldwin is, he's an amazing, like, iconic um, person, you know, in the black community, in the LGBTQ plus community, and that's one of the reasons why I chose to read this book, because, you know, I found out a little about, um, a little about him and, and in previous years, and I just figured, like, I've heard amazing things about this, and I just feel like it would be a great opportunity for me to understand how he writes and how he puts his life experiences um, into his work. So, some background about who Baldwin was. Um, He was a Harlem native. He was born in 1924. Um, Unfortunately, he died in 1987. I would have loved to meet him. He's certainly an idol and an icon in my eyes. Um, He's really well known for his essays on blackness in America. Um, Beale Street is not an essay on blackness in America. It is a fictional book, but Beale Street was turned into a movie. Beale Street is certainly one of his um, better known works. Um, And so some of his other famous works are Go Tell It on the Mountain and Giovanni's Room. Um, Speaking of Giovanni's Room, um, he kind of used that and his other works of art um, as as a way to be open about being um, queer, and he believed that, you know, sexuality is, is fluid, and he was very honest about that, um, and I really appreciate that, because, you know, I think, I think in a time where, first of all, it's just, it's like, you know, we have homophobia today, so imagine, like, how taboo it was, um, before, 
Um, and so, apologies for the siren, but, like, we've been over this, like, five times. Um, it's loud, um, where I live. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's important to have a prominent black male figure who is open about his sexuality, um, because when you look at the intersections of sexism and blackness and how that creates, like, this super intense version of toxic masculinity, it's just, like, it's very brave and honorable of him to be so open about this. Um, so, while we're on the subject of, you know, sexuality and love, something that I found really, really interesting about this book was love, um, and, I mean, the main, for me, the main aspect of love that I really caught on to was colorism and how that affects love, um, So for me, like, the question that really came up for me was, like, how does colorism affect the way that Fani's family treats him and shows him love? So this is where we get into spoilers. I'm telling you right now, if you plan on reading If Beale Street Could Talk, you should not, like, continue listening. And this is the only time that I will ever tell you to stop listening to my podcast because I love clout. Um, But yeah, like, I'm going to go into specifics a little bit about Fani and... Fani's family and why they're so shitty to him. So, a quote from the book that pretty much perfectly sums up um, how terrible Fani's family treats him is, Frank was not about to get up and take Fani off to Sunday school, and the sisters didn't want to dirty their hands on their nappy-headed brother. Um, so the Frank part, Frank is Fani's father. Frank is a really cool guy. He's, like, the only member of, um, Fani's family that is tolerable. Um, so, the part that I want to talk about is the sisters didn't want to dirty their hands on his nap- on their nappy-headed brother. Um, so some context about his family and about their skin colors. Fani is the darkest member of his family. After Fani is his father, then Fani's sisters, and then Fani's mother. Um, Fani's mother definitely treats him worse than anybody else in the book does. Um, Frank and Fonny do have a bond, partially, you know, for me, I think it's partially about the fact that they're both guys in a household where the maternal figure is very dominant and is also just a very mean-spirited person. Um, but I also think as the two darkest members of the family, they have a bond, um, as well. Um, and so this colorism, um, which I guess I should also define colorism, it's, it's similar to racism, but it, it's based on skin colors specifically, and it is pr- very prevalent um, within communities of color as opposed to between races. It's very prominent within a single race. Um, so obviously this book is dealing with colorism in the black community, and I just wanted to like give a little definition if you have no idea what I'm talking about. So anyway... Um, this, the amount of colorism that exists within his family really takes away the idea that, um, familial love is supposed to be unconditional. And, you know, it, it, it bugs me to even call these, these women in Fani's life his family, because family doesn't treat you that way. Family doesn't, you know not care about the fact that you have been wrongfully accused of doing something that you are suffering in jail just because of the color of your skin um 
and that's a huge theme within his family um and it's just it sucks and I think we need to bring colorism into the discussion when we talk about racism because colorism stems from racism um the consequences are are very um similar and um you know it it, it's not they're similar in the sense that they they affect people in the same way but not to the same extent I guess you could say um but yeah so bottom line is everyone in Fonny's family except for Frank sucks um and they are just mean people so the other aspect of love um and this is huge giant huge like literally this is the conclusion of the story this is the point of the entire book like if you're still listening and you don't like spoilers you cannot hear this part because like it's the whole book it is the conclusion to the entire book so there's your warning so i also wanted to know why baldwin chose to end tish and fanny's love story so negatively so basically what happened is the criminal justice system made two failures on Fonny's part and the second failure um was you know the failure to get him out of jail because he was wrongfully accused um he ended up in solitary for a bit he was beaten up he was treated terribly um the reason why he ended up in solitary is because he refused to be raped um he lost a tooth he almost lost an eye and he almost lost another tooth um so obviously that had a really negative effect on his mental health and the line that I'm about to read is like one of the saddest things I've ever read um and for me it's the saddest part of this book so this is this is um Tish narrating and she says he is very far from me he is with me but he is very far away and now he always will be um and I think that this just kind of this brings up you know aside from love the topic of mass incarceration and um the prison industrial complex and I could get into that in another episode but this is for school so I'm not gonna get into that um and I'm just gonna talk about the aspect of love um so for me you know part of me was a little bit upset that Baldwin ended their love story on a negative note um because there is a theme of when we tell black stories there's so much suffering from beginning to end and I love I really appreciate stories that don't do that which is one of the reasons why I liked the way um that Americana ended and a lot of people did not like the way it ended um a lot of my white classmates didn't like the way it ended I can't speak for other people um you know that I don't go to school with um but yeah so I was a little upset but then I also realized that when you're telling a story that is, you know, based in a time decades ago where racism was even more overt. Um, it, you have to, you, you know, when, when you're a writer like Baldwin, you have to, or rather you want to be realistic and be honest with yourself. And I think it would kind of seem a bit fairy tale-esque if he had them, you know, live happily ever after and finally gets out of jail and that's that. 
Tish has her baby with Fonny by her side. Um, that would be a little bit unrealistic um, for the time period and the setting, and I think Baldwin was very focused on being honest and being realistic about the black struggle in America and in New York. Um, so I, I just think, I don't know, I'm conflicted, but I, I think that's why, is because he wanted to be like, this, this life that Fonny and Tish are living is fucked up. And it happens, and they are not the only two people who experience this. There are real people out in the world who experience this every single day. You know? Um, so yeah. And then, the other part of this required assignment is to ask a question to a character. And I would love to address- first of all, I'd love to- I'm gonna not be violent in this podcast, but I would like to, I will just say, set Fonny's mother straight. Um, but we'll do it verbally. Um, I think my question, I was, like, really debating about what I wanted my question to be. Um, but I honestly would just ask her if she knows what colorism is. And I think that she would say, no. But if she said yes, I would follow up with, um, do you recognize the fact that your son is experiencing colorism because of you and your daughters? And I think she would say no. I think she would deny it, and I think she would um, be very defensive about it because every time someone in the book is, like, you know, kind of hinting at the fact that she's really not mother of the year... Um, she's like, she just does not receive it very well, and, um, I think that's kind of stupid. Um, so, I'm gonna, I would say this is, this is the book review. Stay tuned if you would like to hear me talk about my personal life and my personal experiences, um, with this story, because I have a lot, and I cried a lot, and I'm talking about why I cried, and XYZ, but if you just want to hear about the book, like, you could totally leave now, but I'd really appreciate it (laughs) if you didn't. Okay, so, in terms of my personal connection to the book, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I'm gonna be real with you, 2.0. Um, I'm exhausted, and I am, like, so disconnected from everything right now. Obviously, I felt a personal connection to this book as a woman of color living in New York City, um, and as someone who is very passionate about, um, prison reform and just, like, law enforcement and criminal justice reform in general, Um, but, you know, I honestly don't have that much to say. I think this book is so beautiful regardless of, you know, whether or not you feel a connection or whether or not you've been affected by racism, by the prison system, by the criminal justice system. Like, none of that matters because Baldwin is just such a beautiful writer and you will feel something, whether it's something in relation or it's just, like, sadness or happiness or whatever. You will feel something because he's an incredible writer who just knows how to make you feel. Um, 
I think that, you know, aside from personal connection, it's a very relevant book, um, because even though it was, it was written, um, about a past time period, it's not like we live in this utopia, you know? We don't live in a post-racial society. We don't live in a society that is free of slavery, that is free of racism, that is free of prejudice. And, you know, I'm not being radical by saying that we, that's, that slavery has been outlawed because, you know, if you look closely at the 13th Amendment, there's a little, there's a little loophole for how you can keep slavery legal. It's not so much of a loophole because it's, like, explicitly stated, um, but you get the point. Um, so I think that, you know, even if you don't relate to it personally, which I only did to some extent, to be honest, um, you can relate it to the lives of others and to the country that we live in and the society that we live in. You know, Western society is pretty fucked, um, and this really demonstrates that. Um, so I really, I really just want to end this by saying that I recommend this book so, so, so much. It's such a beautiful story and it's tragic, but it's also not like, oh, boo-hoo, like they all die in the end, kind of tragic. It's tragic because they don't all die in the end and they have to like live through this. They have to live with this pain and this suffering that they don't deserve. Um, so it's tragic, but it's like a nuanced kind of tragedy. It's not like Hamlet where this shouldn't be a spoiler because, you know, everybody knows. Um, but it's not like Hamlet where they literally all die in the end. Um, and I like that he's able to create this like specific special kind of sadness. Um, and it's a very true sadness. Um, so, you know what? I'm not even going to do a separate segment for the outro because I'm tired this is for school, you know, you're getting an extra early little podcast, and after this, I will resume to weekend posting, um, so I hope you enjoyed this, and I 110% recommend that you go out and read If Beale Street Could Talk, buy a copy of it, get a copy of it from a friend, you know, just, I, there, if there is one book that I would say, like, you want to know the black experience in New York, um, and you want to understand the, the, like, undercover grossness, it's not that undercover, but, like, you know, the somewhat undercover grossness of the criminal justice system, um, you, you should, you should read it, it's, it's a great read, and I highly recommend it, and I'm forever grateful that I had the experience of reading it, so I will see you next week with a non-school assigned podcast.